Good morning. Shall we just open in a word of prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, we just are conscious of the fact that we need your help today to understand the word, to apply it in our lives. We pray, Lord, that we will come humbly before your imparted word, your wonderful word of God, and pray that you will speak to our hearts and teach us today and convict us and challenge us and encourage us in your paths, Lord. And we pray that you'll hide me behind the cross and may the words spoken be your words for us that we need to hear today. And we just ask this now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You know, if there's one word that describes our world today, it's the word darkness. We're living in a very dark, dark world. We see it when we turn on the television, when we listen to the radio, read a newspaper, a magazine, sign on to the Internet. You see it everywhere. Bad news and things happening all over the world. It's a world of darkness. And it shouldn't surprise us because who's in control of this world right now is the devil, the prince of darkness. And he has control over so many people's lives and that's why it's leading it to destruction. But we thank God that our Lord Jesus Christ, the Prince of life and glory, is in control of the kingdom of God. And his influence in control of our lives is so encouraging today because in the midst of a world of darkness, he brings light to our lives. He brings joy to our lives, encouragement, so that we can face whatever things come about in our lives. You know, I put on my bumpers on my license plate years ago in 1991. John 8:12, And a lot of people ask me, what is that? And I get to quote it to them. Well, I'm going to quote it for you now. The Lord Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You know, there's two choices we have in life. We can either stay in darkness or we can accept Christ and have everlasting light and everlasting life. So our subject today is being living lights in the midst of a dark and dying world. Living lights, a testimony to those around us. It's kind of a play on words because how many lights are alive? You don't see them as live. You have light bulbs, you have candles, you have lamps. They're not alive. But in the New Testament, we're told that we're the light of the world, Jesus said. And we are alive and he wants us to be living lights that go out into the world and share his love and his testimony with people around us. It's a great responsibility when you think about it to be that candle, to be that shining light that people will see. Have you ever been to a sports event or an event where they turn out all the lights and they have candles and then you see a mass of candles? They've done it at the Olympics and other sporting events and it's just amazing because all in the darkness you see lights here, there, all through the stadium. And that's the way it is in the world. The world is totally dark. And the only light that they will see is your light, my light. We have a great responsibility. May the Lord help us to be living lights in this world to realize how important it is. The three things that we're going to look at today from the word of God is number one, walking in the light. Secondly, putting on the armor of light. And third, letting our lights shine before others. You know, when you study the word light in the word of God, it's a symbol or a type of several different things. One is purity, holiness, righteousness and truth. So that when we live for the Lord and we carry this light, that's what we carry. The message of Christ, the life of Christ that is in us. 
Turn with me in your Bibles this morning to 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5. Paul, uh, John writing to the Christians, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5. Our memory verses lately have been on 1 John, and we've been talking about obedience to God and the marks of a Christian. And they're such a blessing, and many of them are found here in this passage. But we'll begin reading at verse 5, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5. Here the apostle said, This is the message that we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. You know, there's two kingdoms, kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the devil. And Every person in this room is in one of those two kingdoms. We can say it today. Every person that's born into the world is born in sin and born in darkness. But when you come to Christ and accept Him as your Lord and Savior, He is the light of the world. He gives us life. He gives us light. He shines it down in our life and changes us completely. In Colossians 1.13, it says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. You know, it's a choice, though, that we have to make. It won't automatically happen. We have to accept Christ as our Savior, and He will bring light into our lives. You say to to me, Dean, why wouldn't more people today accept Christ? Because He's offering them light. He's offering them salvation, forgiveness from sin. Why do people not accept Him? Well, the answer is found in the Scriptures. Because when the Lord Jesus spoke to Nicodemus, he gave the reason for that. In John 3.19, it says, This is the condemnation that light has come into the world. In other words, Jesus has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light or more than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who comes to the truth comes to the light and that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. You know, people don't feel comfortable. People are in sin. That's why people don't come to church. That's why they don't want to come to Christ because they want to hold on to their sin. It doesn't make any sense, does it? To hold on to your sin. He wants you to give up your sin and he's going to give you an abundant, good, clean life. But people say, I don't want to expose it. I want to hide it. You know, have you ever seen one of these bugs? You know, you lift the rock up and all these little creatures underneath scurry before the, for the darkness. They love the darkness. They hide under the rock. And that's the way people are with their sin. They want to think they can hide it from God. You can't hide your sin from God. He sees everything. He knows everything. He, he understands everything. Yes, but the question for us today is, are you in light or are you in darkness? Have you come to Christ to have that light shine in your life or are you still in darkness? It's a challenge for every person here to make that decision, because one day if you die in darkness, you're going to spend eternity in darkness. That's one of, I think, the worst things about hell. It's going to be bad for the pain and the agony and the suffering of it, but it's also going to be in complete, total 
darkness. I don't know about you, but I don't like darkness. I have light all over my house. If you come into my house, you'll see lamps and lights. I love to have light. The other day, the power went off at night. And I was stumbling down the hall trying to get to the kitchen because I knew I had some matches and candles there and I could light them. So I went down the hall and really it was so dark I was feeling my way down the hall and I went into the kitchen, found them, lit it and then the candle was up. One little candle in the midst of the whole dark house. And then from that candle, I lit another candle. And then I found my flashlight. And then everything was good until the power came back on. But I don't like dark. And light is so encouraging. You go into a dark room and all you need to do is have one little bit of light and it bursts against the darkness and brings light to the room. And that's what the Lord Jesus does. He comes into our lives and He floods our lives with light, with joy, with encouragement. He changes our lives so completely. But it's pretty amazing because when we become children of light and we name the name of Christ, it is such an encouraging thing. You know, it's interesting that When somebody graduates from medical school or law school, they become a doctor or a lawyer, right? They're qualified for it anyway. But a lot of people don't practice medicine or they don't practice law. They put it up on the wall. I'm a doctor or I'm a lawyer. But until they actually practice it, they're just a lawyer in name only or a doctor in name only. And sadly, today, there's so many Christians that are Christians in name only. We call them pseudo-Christians. We call them false professors because they want to name the name of Christ that they're a Christian, but it's not real. It's not genuine. They're not walking in the light. You can tell if somebody is walking in the light that their life has been changed and radically made different by the Lord Jesus. And we can ask ourselves today, am I walking in the light of the Lord Jesus? Am I walking in the light of his word? You know, the Apostle John tells us that you can't walk in the light and hate your brother. It just doesn't work. You can't walk in the light and disobey God's commandments. It does not work. You cannot walk in the light and practice sin. Now, we're going to sin. The Bible tells us we're going to sin. We're sinners by nature and by practice, but we're not going to live that kind of lifestyle anymore. And if you see a person that says they're a Christian and they're living a lifestyle of sin, you can know for sure they're not saved. Because the Bible says, by their fruits, you shall know them. And then you can't walk in the light and love this world, this present evil world system. You can't love it. May the Lord help us today to be true children of light who walk in the light, who love the light, who love righteousness and holiness and seek to be a blessing for the Lord. Psalm 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know, we've been studying in Exodus recently about the children of Israel when they were in Egypt. And the one thing about it is one of the plagues of Egypt was darkness. It was a darkness, it says, that could be felt. A darkness came over all the land of Egypt. They couldn't even see each other. They couldn't reach out and touch a person a few feet away. It was that dark. It was a special darkness that God brought. But you know what? The people of Israel were living where? They were living in the land of Goshen, within the land of Egypt. And they had total light. Amazing. Dark everywhere. A power outage everywhere all over Egypt, except where God's people were, it was totally light. And that's the way it is in our lives today. There's darkness everywhere, but not for the child of God. It's a beautiful picture of how we have been flooded with God's light and we can walk in it. You know, I came up with an acronym for for, uh, light. And let's see if you like it. It's L I. 
G-H-T, light. So this will help you to remember it. Living in God's holiness today. I'll say that again. Light. Living in God's holiness today. It helps you remember it. It's an acronym and it's a beautiful thing if we think about how God wants us to walk in his light. How about those Star Wars movies? Any Star Wars fans here? Oh, yes. Star Wars fans here. Remember, they always talk about the dark side, the power of the dark side to seduce people to the evil side. Because there was a man named Anakin Skywalker and he was seduced by the dark side. And he became who? Darth Vader. Darth Vader. And he became an evil person. But guess what he did? He came back at the end and turned out to be better at the end of his life. But God has called us to take a stand for him and to honor him. If you just turn over briefly for a moment to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8. Paul's letter to the Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8. We had this in our scripture memory class quite a while back. And it's such a blessing. Speaking of the, of the truth that we are children of light and the world is full of darkness and how he wants us to live our lives in this world. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8. Notice he says, For once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit, or the fruit of the light, is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And he says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things are exposed and made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. May the Lord encourage us today to see the difference between a child of darkness and a child of light and choose the life that Christ has given us to walk in the light. Notice it says in verse 12, some of the things that are done today in the world are so shameful, so dark and so evil that we don't even want to hear about it. We don't even want to speak about the things that they do. They're so defiling. May the Lord help us to shine as brighter and brighter in this world of darkness and ask the Lord to help us to walk in his light. Secondly, not only is it important to walk in the light, but it's also important to put on the armor of light. That's another analogy that kind of affects your mind because you think, now, wait a minute, how can you put on an armor of light? Normally, armor is made out of metal, heavy and strong. But he says, put on the armor of light. That is, put on the lifestyle of Christ, the holiness, the righteousness of Christ. In Romans chapter 13 and verses 11 to 14, if you turn over to that, it tells us about this armor that we have to put on. And it tells us how we can be victorious in this world. Romans chapter 13 and verse 11. He says, And this do, knowing the time that is now high time to awaken out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast aside the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us behave properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but he says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. Yes, may God help us to put on the armor of light. 
I don't know about you, but sometimes at work we have discussions. You know, we're working away and people have discussions. They bring up things that are in the news, like the Terry Schiavo case or gay marriage or the president. And you know what? It's so funny because it seems like I'm always on the opposite side. Every conversation, they're very adamant in their way. Oh, they're very adamant. We have a couple ladies, but they're very adamant (laughs) on their views. And whenever I speak up, I speak up there and they keep coming back and coming back and coming back. And it goes on sometimes for quite a while. But you know what? I am thankful that I'm on the opposite side. I would be afraid if I was on their side because they don't know the Lord. They're in darkness. I can't expect them to have anything but the wrong view because they're looking at it from the wrong perspective. They're in darkness. And it's amazing. And we have to stand up, Christians. We have to stand up for the truth. Whatever the issue is, we have to stand for the Lord. We can't let the world think that we agree with them when we don't. We have to stand up for the light and we have to say, no, that's not right. This is what the Lord says. We have to value the things that he values. We have to put first the things that he puts first. And we have to put on the armor of light. We're in a battle. We're in a fight. And the Lord says, are you ready to fight? So many Christians would rather say, well, I'm just not going to say anything. I'll just keep quiet. I'll be a closet Christian. I never understood closet Christian because the Bible speaks of a closet Christian as one who goes into their closet to pray. That's a good closet Christian. But the closet Christian who zips up and doesn't say anything when the needed time comes, when the opportunity arises, when there's a chance to speak for the Lord, that is bad because it does not show our stand For the Lord Jesus Christ, we have to fight also in the analogy of Star Wars. Remember when they used to fight, they had those lightsabers. Randy and Jeff were little kids and they had the toy ones and they used to have fights all the time with the lightsabers. But you know what? We're in a serious, serious fight with the devil. We really are. And with the powers of this world and we better prepare to put on the armor of light and put on the full armor of God, as it says in Ephesians, because we are in a battle. In, in, a fee, in Philippians 2.15, the apostle writing to the, to the Philippians said this, that you become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in this world. Notice he says a crooked and perverse generation. That, doesn't that describe our times today? Crooked. It's crooked. Everything is crooked. And it's perverse. It's evil. It's wicked. It's sinful. But the darker the day should be the brighter our ways. We should be shining brighter. Because we you know when you go out on a, in a country road and you drive out in the country at night and the stars are out and there's nothing to hinder them, you see the stars shining more brightly. They've always been shining the same way, but when you're out where you can see them clearly, they're shining brightly. And that's what the Lord wants you and I to be. He wants us to be shining stars in this world. Not for our glory or our benefit, but for His that we shine for Christ and we let people know what he has done for us in our lives. You know, I've been reading the Amplified Bible lately and studying from it, and it's such a great version. And in Philippians 2.15, it says these words, that you may show yourself to be blameless and guileless, innocent and uncontaminated, children of God without blemish, faultless, unrebukable, in the midst of a crooked and wicked generation, who are spiritually perverted and perverse, among whom you are seen as bright lights, stars or beacons shining out clearly 
in the dark world. You know, no matter what circumstances we go through in life, we have to take a stand for the Lord so that people will see the difference. If they don't see a difference in your life, if they don't see a difference in my life, something is seriously wrong and we have to check ourselves with the Lord. You know, one day a kind of a humorous story is told of two brothers. Now, they're not Christian brothers, but they're two brothers. They had a very bad reputation because they were known for crooked business dealings and they were known for underworld connections. And they were as mean and cold-blooded as you could possibly imagine. And one day one of the brothers died and he wanted to give his, uh, his brother who had died a funeral fit for a king. So he called up the funeral home and he arranged all the best, the best coffin, the best service and ceremony. Line it up. I don't care what it costs. And then he called the local minister. He dialed him up on the phone and he said, Mr. Cooper, <clears throat> I would like you to take the uh, funeral for my dead brother. And you know what? If you take this funeral for, for my dead brother, I'm going to give you $10,000 for your church so you can put a new roof on your church. New roof on the church. So the pastor says, okay. So now he's in a dilemma. We call this a dilemma. What does he do? I mean, how can he say that this man is good because he said to get the $10,000, you have to say that he's a saint. And how is he going to say he's a saint? This guy's as far from a saint as possible. So he thought about it and he prayed about it. And the day came for the funeral and everything was filled up. Every seat was full. The people from the town came to hear because they wanted to hear what's this minister going to say about this bad guy. So this is how he started out. He said the whole town turned out for the funeral and the, and the pastor said, the man you see in the coffin was a vile and debauched individual. He was a liar, a thief, a deceiver, a manipulator, a reprobate and a hedonist. He destroyed the fortunes, careers and lives of countless people in this city, many of whom are here today. This man did every dirty, rotten trick you could think of. But compared to his brother, he's a saint. <laughs> My 10,000, please. Uh, it makes us laugh. <clears throat> but it's so true. You cannot call sin anything but by its name. People say it's an alternative lifestyle. I'm just living a different kind of way. No, it's sin. People that live in sin, in darkness, need to come to Christ for his light, the light of his forgiveness. Yes, that's what the Lord wants to do in our lives. And he wants us to fight the good fight of faith, to stand up, to speak up, and to be counted for the Savior. And then our third and final point this morning is letting our light shine before others. You know, the Lord Jesus, not only did he say, I am the light of the world, but he turned one day to his disciples and he said, you are the light of the world. And they probably wondered, wow, that's a heavy responsibility. And it is. And he said to them, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Great responsibility, great privilege to be a light in this world. You know, one day I was, I had my Bible, this one right here, and I was in the break room at lunchtime reading my Bible and I'm reading the Bible and I'm just looking down and reading it and I'm oblivious to everything else going around me, reading God's word. 
All of a sudden, this lady gets up and I see her walking toward me. I wonder, okay, what is she going to say in it? She came up to me. She says, I just want to let you know that I was really blessed by the fact that you were reading the Word of God. And I thought, wow. You know, sometimes our testimonies can be unknown to people. And then later on, we find that some word we said, something we did, even just reading the Bible in front of everybody publicly has a powerful testimony for the people around us, for those who are Christians and those who especially are not Christians. You know, people are watching us. They're listening to us. We're under great scrutiny. And it's so important for us to be torchbearers for the Lord, especially before the people of this world. There was a man named Joe Bailey, and he wrote a book called The Gospel Blimp. And I thought, what a title. That's an interesting title. The Gospel Blimp. Well, I found a quote in my quote book that said that this is what he said. Jesus Christ did not commit the gospel to an advertising agency. He, did, he commissioned disciples like you and I, and he didn't command them to put up signs and pass out tracts, but he said, you shall be my witnesses. You know, what a strategy the Lord had. He could have done any kind of strategy he wanted to evangelize the world, but he didn't. He chose to use you and he chose to use me to be testimonies, to be light, because people see our lives and they want to see the real thing. They want to see a real Christian in this world. The Amplified Version says of this verse, let your light so shine before men that they may see your moral excellence and your praiseworthy, noble and good deeds and recognize and honor and praise your Father who is in heaven. That is a testimony that we can have. And you know what? I believe, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, my testimony is the most important possession that I have. I guard it with my life. I really do. Because it takes months and years to build up a testimony. It takes seconds sometimes, minutes, to destroy it all, to bring it down like a house of cards. We have to guard our testimony. We have to live for Christ. We have to let that light shine because people are observing us. One day, St. Francis of Assisi went to one of the young monks at the monastery and he said to him, let's go down to the town to preach. Oh, that young monk was so excited. He couldn't wait. He went back and told the others, guess what? St. Francis wants me to go with him to preach down to the town. We're going to go to preach tomorrow morning. I'm so excited. Probably couldn't sleep that night. So the next day they get up. They walk out the gates of the monastery. They walk through the town, through the streets, down through the highways and byways and alleys, through the suburbs and all around the area. And then they make a circular route and come back right to the same place where they left off. And the young monk had kind of a puzzled look on his face and he went up to St. Francis and said, My father, have you forgotten we went to the town to preach? He said, My son, we have preached. We were preaching while we were walking. We have been seen by many. Our behavior has been closely watched and thus we have preached our morning sermon. It is no use, my son, to walk anywhere to preach unless we preach everywhere we walk. And I really like that. I'll say that last phrase again. It is no use, my son, to walk anywhere to preach unless we preach everywhere as we walk. May the Lord help us to realize how important it is to live the light, to live the truth, to live his word before the world. We're not going to be perfect. Are we going to stumble and fall? Sometimes we will, but he's right there with us. He's going to stand with us, protect us and be with us each day of our lives. The poet once said, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. 
I'd rather one would walk with me than merely show the way. The eye is a better pupil and much sharper than the ear. Fine counsel can confuse me, but examples always clear. The lectures you deliver may be very wise and true, but I'd rather get my lesson by observing what you do. That's a challenge. You know, many of us can speak the right words. We can have the message all prepared just right, but we have to live it first. If we don't live it first, if we send out mixed signals, it's not going to be effective for the kingdom of God. May the Lord help us today to remember these three three things that he wants us to walk in the light every day, consistently walking in his holiness. And as we said, living in God's holiness today. And I put that word today in there because it means every day, every day walking in his holiness. And then we're in a fight. We have to put on the armor of light. We have to speak forth the word. Now we speak it in love. We speak it in kindness. We speak it in graciousness, but we speak it in, in, in the truth. You have to stand for the truth. You have to be counted for the Savior. And finally, we have to let our light shine in a dark world for the Lord so that they may see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. I just want to conclude with that little song that we oftentimes sing with the kids and also sometimes on a Wednesday night. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. You're a little light and I'm a little light. Put us all together. We're many lights. We can go out and be a blessing for the Lord. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the challenge of your word today that you have called us to walk in the light. You've called us to live holy lives, to be pleasing to you, Lord, to guard our testimony and to make sure that we live according to your word. We're not perfect, Lord, but we ask for your help and your strength to be lights and testimonies in this world. Lord, to put on the whole armor of light so that we can stand up against the devil's schemes and that we can stand for Christ and be a blessing. And we pray that we'll let our light shine before others who are saved and unsaved, that we can be a blessing, Lord, that we can be a testimony and a witness and a godly example so that people will see Christ. And when they say, wow, you're living a good life, we can say it's not me. It's the Lord Jesus. He has given me his life. He has given me his power. And that's the way we want to give you all the the praise and glory, Lord. Please dismiss us with your blessing. Help us to go forth as lights in the world today and to be that testimony you want us to be. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.